This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. He loops out the left field. Going to be a tough play. Jeter on the run. Makes the play. Oh, flies into the stands. Oh, what a play by Derek Jeter. There it goes. Deep to left. Really deep. Oh, my goodness. What a shot by Aaron Jones. of the grandstand in left field. The Sanchino. Oh, that Gary is scary. Ball game over. Yankees win. Yankees win. Was that not the craziest shit you've ever witnessed? I mean, wow. I don't even know where to start. I didn't even know... So after game two, guys, I didn't even know what to say. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep at all that night. Okay. So I I stayed up watching a bunch of the highlights. I stayed up watching ESPN, listening to them talk about the Yankees because I do that. After every big, exciting Yankees victory, I'm always, you know, going to bed with either MLB Network or ESPN on, you know, because it's good, right? It gets you excited. You know, I couldn't sleep. And when I had to write the recap in the blog at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com this morning, and when I say this morning, I'm saying um, Thursday morning, October 1st, I didn't even know how to do it. Like, after a roller coaster of a game, a complete roller coaster, it's so hard to, to recap something like that. Because so much happened. So much happened. You know, and and probably, I'm going to be honest with you guys, tonight, in tonight's episode, episode 161, I'm probably going to forget a few things to mention. Because so much shit went down this weekend, or this past week, in the Wild Card Series versus the Cleveland Indians. So much, especially in Game 2. That was amazing. That was amazing. It was one of the better postseason games I've witnessed in my lifetime. And I and I, I watch, you know, as you guys know, I watch all these games. But that was incredible. You know, it wasn't the cleanest game. wasn't the most crisp game, too. But to tell me it wasn't exciting, you're insane. That was so thrilling, okay? Even a fan like me, who's going to just completely be, you know, tough on the Yankees and criticize them as much as I can. I will even tell you, I got so excited after that game. I'm actually happy that I took a night off. I didn't record. Usually I'll record right after the game. I'm actually happy I didn't do that this time. Because if I did, I feel like the euphoria would have kind of influenced my opinion. And I probably would have said, (laughs) been a little too optimistic 
now that I've had a night to think, you know, and calm down a little bit, the euphoria has worn off and I'm thinking more rationally. You know, I probably would have made a little crazy predictions that I normally wouldn't make. <laughs> so I'm glad I did take, you know, 24 hours um, to record and talk about this series. But man, that was awesome. I had a couple of my um, cousins over and my siblings were watching the game with me out in the man cave outside um, in the garage. And, um, you know, it was the ultimate high. It was the ultimate low. We're talking about game Games one and two we watch, but game two specifically, you know, just the the peaks and valleys. And you know, my younger brother um, came into the room. It was you know when the Yankees gave up their their first lead. You know, after the Geo Grand Slam, and then they gave that up later. He came into the room. It was all you know quiet, and you know it was tense. You could feel. To the tense vibes in the room. He leaves. He comes back in later, you know, a few minutes after, um, you know, they take the lead later on the game with a Gary Sanchez homer, and he can feel the different energy in the room. We're all happy. So it was funny. You know, you could see and that's how much we are influenced, man. This Yankees team fucking does that. But um, we're going to discuss both games. We're going to talk about the series tonight, guys. And um, and also, you know, not only break down that past series, but, you know, we're going to preview maybe a little bit of what's to come um, with the Tampa Rays, who are coming up next now that the Yankees have advanced to the ALDS. Um, so we'll take a quick break, guys, and we'll, we'll start uh, discussing the series. All right, be right back. Hey guys, really quick, I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, you can find me on social media, you can find the links to my podcast and my blog. So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, and there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys, thank you. Let's get back to the show. All right, so we might as well start with game one and work our way to game two. Um, now, game one, you know, was completely different, right? It wasn't that roller coaster. It wasn't those peak and valleys. Um, this was the New York Yankees at their best. Okay, so when you get the Yankees clicking on all cylinders game one is what you're going to see. You know, that was everything the Yankees can be when they are right. And we know they are very Jekyll and Hyde, especially in 2020 they've been, but you know, when you get their best game one is an example. That was an example. You know, you had a balanced offensive attack against elite pitching Triple crown winner, possibly Cy Young winner, and Shane Bieber. You just obliterated him. So you had a balanced offensive attack with elite pitching on the other end. That's what you're going to get if you get the Yankees clicking on all cylinders on their best day with their best pitcher on the mound. And that's what you got from them. You had 15 hits to a tune of a 366 batting average in game one. Um, four home runs, you know, Judge, Torres, Guardy, Stanton, in that order. 
Um, a three of eight runners to score in position night, which was 375. All 12 of the runs they scored were RBIs. Um, 10 strikeouts and 45 plate appearances, you know, a moderate 22% K rate. And again, they just went out and abused Shane Bieber. They completely, you know, if I was Shane Bieber, I would not want my Cy Young award. Fuck no. I would be ashamed of myself. You know, he gave up seven of those 12 runs um, and nine of those 15 hits in just four and two thirds innings. I mean, the Yankees just shelled him. Um, and they knew how to they knew how to do it. They they read the scouting report, obviously, and they lead off his patented curveball all night long. They did not let that breaking ball become a thing. The looper was not a um, not a pitch two nights ago. Um, instead, they waited for the you know his ninety four mile an hour meatball, and they banged it around. The Yankees were five for eight on Bieber's fastball, five for eight. That's according to ESPN's, you know, play-by-play in the box score. But um, it was an awesome night. You know, Torres had a big night, huge night. He was four for four, three ribbies. Um, continues to hit well in the postseason. Gardner, big night, three for five, three RBIs. And I have to give Aaron Boone credit for playing Brett Gardner over Clint Frazier. And I gave him shit. You know, I, I criticized Boone before the game when I saw that, but it paid off. It paid off in both games. It really did. And I got yelled at by some old miserable boomer on Facebook for it. <laughs> but hey, you know, I got to give Aaron Boone credit. Um, Now, you know, the Yankees also got to the Cleveland bullpen, which, you know, people forget is good too. That was, I think, seventh in the ERA this past season. Um, So they scored, you know, s- uh, five runs on six hits against the Indians bullpen through four and a third innings the rest of the way. So again, a, a good offensive attack, right? They had power, they had contact, they had discipline, but yet they were also aggressive. Um, and then on the other end, you got really, really good dominant pitching from Garrett Cole, who in his first Yankee outing was exactly what the Yankees paid him for, right? That's why you paid him the big bucks in the po- in the uh, in the off season, right? And he goes out there, and he not only goes seven innings, but he strikes out 13 Indians, doesn't allow a single walk, and um, two runs. Okay, so, you know, a little mini jam um, in the third inning where Jose Ramirez, you know, drilled an RBI double down the line. Um, and then a mistake to Josh Naylor, who apparently is the new Yankee killer, um, gives up a homer to him in the fourth. But that was it. You know, aside from allowing two runs, um, that was it. Garrett Cole was otherwise dominant, to say the very least. So, yeah, in order, you go from the top of the first. You got LeMayu doing what he does to lead off this game by setting the table with a base hit to right field. Just prototypical DJ LeMayu there. Um, and then Aaron Judge follows up with a home run to right field. Good to see that. 2 nothing Yankees after the first. Top of the third comes. You get Aaron Hicks doing what he does, drawing a two-out walk. And then Voigt, with an RBI double to deep center, brings him in for the three-zip score after three. Um, Fourth inning comes along. The Yankees keep tacking on. Torres draws a one-out walk against Bieber. Guardi, RBI double against Bieber, four-to-one Yankees. Higgy with a single. DJ brings in Guardi with runners on first and third uh, by singling in the infield, making it five-to-one. 
And again, they keep doing it. In the fifth, Bieber's still out there. Gio singles off of him. And then Torres eventually knocks him out of the game with his home run um, to make it 7-2. Top of the seventh comes. Yankees keep heading on. Um, to make it 8-2, Gio gets the sack fly off of Simber. And then Torres, again, knocks Simber out of the game with an RBI knock uh, to make it 9-2. Guardy then here hits the two-run bomb, bringing in him and Torres um, hitting this one off of Hill. This makes it 11 to Yankees. And then you get to the, uh, you know, fast forward a bit in the top of the ninth. Um, Stanton gets his signature garbage time home run, but he did get an important one in game two. Um, but this made it 12 to two. Okay. And Yankees closed it out in the bottom of the ninth with Luis Sessa doing his thing, <laughs> allowing a run before he completes the inning. Um, 12, three Yankees collect the victory. So it was a great start. It was a great game one. Again, a good balanced offensive attack with, with very good pitching on the other end. Um, now, game two, unfortunately, was not as crisp, as I said. Um, it was more your, again, your your Jekyll and Hyde type of game. Where the New York Yankees just, man, just a range of emotions. You know, it, it was so, so um, up and down. I know I said that a bunch of times already, but it really, really was. It really fucking was. Excuse me. And, um... You know, I don't even know where to start. I don't. <laughs> First of all, that game should have started on time. Okay, so so uh, Major League Baseball, you know, because I think they, they control that, was just terrible with the way they they handled this whole thing with the weather. You know, there was a threat, a threat of rain. Not rain, a threat of rain, which delayed the game about 50 minutes from 7 o'clock, um, pushing the start time back to 7.50. Okay, so they start the game, and it starts drizzling. Yankees go down 1-2-3 against Carrasco in the top of the first. Bottom of the first comes, and and now the old man starts snoring. It's, I mean, it's a fucking monsoon out there. You got wind. You got pouring down rain. And Tanaka clearly has no feel out there. Masahiro Tanaka has nothing going for him. Um, just in these terrible conditions, you know... A one-out double, leaving a high fastball to to Hernandez. Uh, then here's Ramirez getting an RBI double. So back-to-back doubles. Uh, leaves a splitter to Ramirez to make it one nothing. A couple of at-bats later, he walks Reyes on five pitches. And then it's Naylor, once again, that ugly rodent. <laughs> Just doubling another run in, make it 3 nothing. Leaves another splitter up. Um, and you know, the next at bat, it's Perez with an RBI single, uh, to knock off the fastball to him. This makes it four, nothing after one. And here we go. Of course, right after the Indians score four runs, then they're going to, they're going to put a second delay on this game. Okay. So we get another delay here and you know, listen, I can't hate on Tanaka for it. It's really difficult to pitch when, when you're in the eye of a tornado. Okay, and he was just fucking just didn't have it. So after the delay, after about a 30 minute delay, I would say fucking they go back out there. Top of the second. um, Well, fast. No, top of the second. Yes, Um, it's Giancarlo Stanton with a solo home run to spark plug the Yankees. Um, 
And Carrasco didn't look too sharp either. He wasn't Tanaka bad, but he didn't look too great. But uh, Stanton's home run, maybe, you know, you're thinking maybe we can chip away here. But it makes it 4-1. to one. Um, And then top of the fourth, this is the inning where the Yankees, you know, really, really put it together. Um, Carrasco's still out there, but the Yankees load the bases on him with no outs. He walks, um, well, first, first off, he lets up a triple to Aaron Hicks. Okay, then he walks Stanton and Voigt successively. Um, so that loads the bases with nobody out, and Alomar then gives uh, Carrasco the hook for some young 25-year-old pitcher who, you know, apparently thinks he's uh, that dude from the Major League. Wild thing. Fucking trying so hard. And, and, and it, it bites him in the ass. Dude just looked like a total tool bag. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, Gio takes the plate. Gio Urshela with nobody on base. I'm sorry, with nobody out. And everybody on base. Base is juiced. And what does he do? He do he does what Gio Urshela always does. He comes through in the clutch. A full count. Guy hits a fucking grando. Left center field. Crushed. 400 plus feet. I mean, it was amazing. This made it 5-4 to four Yankees. And, and, and just... <clears throat> just an unbelievable at-bat from Gio. And it just... It was his moment, right? It was... You're welcome to the Yankees moment for Gio Urshela. Right? He's been so wonderful for them. But that was the moment he had. Like, DJ LeMayu became a Yankee. I know they lost that game. But DJ LeMayu, to me, became a Yankee in the ALCS Game 6 last year when he hit that big home run in the ninth. Gio Rochella became a Yankee last night. Hitting that Grand Slam was just unfucking believable Okay. Um, But that wasn't it. Top of the fifth, the Yankees got a little more padding. Some insurance run. Um, Hicks draws a walk off of, how do you say this kid's name? Matten? Mitton? I don't fucking care or no. Um, Hicks gets a walk. Voigt doubles him to third. So you got runners on first and third for um, Giancarlo, where he uh, produces sack fly to make it 6-4 after five innings. But the bottom of the fifth comes. Tanaka, you know, doesn't have it. After a couple of quiet innings where he calmed it down, fifth inning he comes back out there, lets up a double to Lindor. And, um, and then Hernandez walks to put two on um, with nobody out. He's taken out here for Chad Green. And, you know, Green, second pitch, I believe, he throws is, is um, a hanging curve to Jose Ramirez here. And he just, again, double down the line. That's all this guy fucking does is double down the line and, and brings in, you know, brings in runs. He's an RBI machine. Um, this ties the game at six. Okay, so Green couldn't get the job done, but in the top of the sixth, the Yankees figure out a way to tie it up again, or to take the lead, rather. Um, Gardner draws a walk. Gardner does off McKenzie, and then Kerry Sanchez with a, you know, pop-up home run. Get a little help from the wind here, but hey, if there was ever somebody who needed it, it was Gary Sanchez, who's been due all season long, and, you know, it came here with a little uh, right field Pop up home run gets a bit of a, a bit of a, a push from the wind, but you know what? It counts. A home run is a home run is a home run. This makes it eight to six Yankees, and again, you just it, it made you feel good. Gary needed that. Even somebody like me will predict it. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. Um, but the fucking bottom of the seventh, guys, eight to six, the Yankees have the lead. But the bottom of the seventh comes, and this shit just gets interesting and tricky. Okay, so 
you got the Yankees have their left-handed pitcher and Zach Britton in the game. Britton clearly doesn't have it, okay? He, he gets a couple of outs to start the frame, but then he walks um, the next two guys, okay? He clearly doesn't have it. He's struggling a little bit, but he's Zach Britton. He's your best pitcher. But still, two outs, two on. Alomar pinch hits the left-handed hitting, surging Josh Naylor, who's three for eight against lefties this year, but he's surging. He gets pinch hit for, for the right-handed hitting Luplo, who's 270 against lefties. Dumb move. Dumb move to take your hot hitter out. This is one of those analytics moves. Lefty-righty. And Boone counters that. Boone counters Alomar's decision to go with the right-handed bat and brings in a right-hander. But here's the thing. He doesn't bring in Adam Adovino. He brings in, you know, mid-tier pitcher Johnny Lasagna. And if that doesn't show you that the Yankees have zero trust now in Adovino after seeing him blow countless amounts of leads for them in games, I don't know what does. That was it, you know. To bring in a, a low-tier, mid-tier pitcher um, over somebody who you signed for you know a decent amount of cash in the offseason a few years ago... That just goes to show there's no more faith left in Adovino. That's concerning. Going to have to find a way to get him incorporated. But he goes with lasagna. And lasagna does what lasagna does. He's not that impressive to me. I'm sorry, guys. And he lets up a, a two-run double to Luplo. So he lets Alomar off the hook. But straight-up luck, in my opinion. Um, and this ties the game at 8. So an 8-8 eight to eight tie after a very interesting... Decision by both managers in the bottom of the seventh. But this is exactly why I fucking hate this analytical lefty-righty nonsense, whatever you want to call it. Alomar got straight up lucky. A 122 hitter, Luplo is, versus right-handed pitching. And Boone made a pretty poor move. I personally would have stuck with the best arm in Britain. He's been your best reliever over the past two years. I would have let him work through it. But he wanted the matchup. He wanted the matchup over the talent um, advantage. And it worked um, for Alomar and not Boone. But here's the thing. Boone gets bailed out in the bottom of the eighth. <laughs> the offense keeps bailing him out. Um, you know, or, I'm sorry, the top of the eighth. In the, in the top of the ninth, rather. But before we get there, the bottom of the eighth comes when Lasagna continues to suck ass. Okay. He walks two batters. Before even getting an out. He can't get an out. He walks the first two batters and Boone gives him the fucking hook. And he brings in Araldus Chapman. So his second um, heavily criticized decision, Boone, of the night. Araldus Chapman. Your closer comes in, not only a non-save situation, but a non-closing situation and ending earlier. Okay, with runners on base. And Chapman, not used to it, couldn't maneuver out of it. Gives up a, a bloop single. To Hernandez, Cesar Hernandez, that goes into left field, and that that makes it nine to eight Cleveland. Unfortunately, uh, Chapman does get out of it though. He gets a ground ball to Gio Urshela, who makes one of the the more remarkable plays I've ever seen from a Yankee third baseman. Um, you know, a double play from his ass with runners on first and second. He saves the fucking game because this ball gets by Gio. That nine to eight becomes ten to eight, and the Yankees, you know, down two runs heading into the ninth. But he makes a fucking double play from his ass cheeks. 
saves the game for the Yankees. I mean, that right there was shit. If if that hit wasn't his welcome to the Yankees moment, he had a second one right there with that fucking defensive play. I mean, when he this guy is just so. We'll get to him, man, in a second because he's just remarkable. But he makes an amazing play and he saves the Yankees there. 9-8 heading into the top of the ninth. But Cleveland does have Brad Hand coming in, who is 16 for 16 in save opportunities. He was this season. Throw it out the window, though. It's the fucking postseason, and here we go. Stanton draws a walk. He's pinch ran for with Talkman. Gio then singles. Of course he does. Torres, um... A little dribbler to hand. Hand can't handle it. And he fucking, you know, pops out of his glove. This loads the bases with nobody out. Again. This time Gardner takes the plate. He swings and misses on a fastball after seven pitches. So you got one out now. Bases juiced. Here comes Gary. Gary doesn't hit this one out, but he gets enough contact on a hanging slider to to take it deep to center for a sack fly. This makes it 9-9. So the Yankees can't lose. And then here's DJ. DJ takes the plate now. With that runner still on third base. Gets 0-2 against Hand. Hand has him 0-2. But what does he do? He still throws him a pitch in the zone. And DJ gets the bat on it. A little ground ball into the center field. Just gets by. And that scores Geo from third. 10-9, the Yankees take the lead. That inning right there, I mean, exit Velo can fuck off. Exit Velo can can go out the window. You know, the way Torres reached, the way Urshela reached. I'm sorry, uh, LeMayhew reached. Beauty of baseball. You don't need to hit it 120 miles an hour. So the Yanks take the 10-9 lead, and they go back out there in the bottom of the ninth. Chapman gets a strikeout to Reyes, then gets a 6-3 ground out against Luplo, and then strikes out Mercado, but Sanchez lets get Let's it get by him. Fucking falls on his ass. You got to run around first now with the winning run out of the plate. Great, right? <laughs> but after about six pitches, which felt like 16, and that shit was so stressful, I was losing my fucking mind. Uh, he gets hedges to strike out, and um, there it is. The Yanks take the victory and advance. They advance to the ALDS. Um, let's take a quick break, though, guys, and we'll discuss this shit when we get back. We are back. Hey guys, really quick, I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, you can find me on social media, you can find the links to my podcast and my blog. So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, And there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys. Thank you. Let's get back to the show. Telling you, man, like, and I always say this, man. I always fucking say it. But Gio Urshela and DJ LeMayu are my favorite players on this squad for a damn reason. For a reason. They are legitimate baseball players, okay? They're not just sluggers. They're not just guys who have all the headlines and and, and fucking, you know, bring all the flash. No, they're legitimate baseball players. Clutch hitting, clutch fielding, okay? On the offensive side, amazing, amazing 
bat to ball skills. And then they just play terrific defense. I know LeMayu made you know, an off throw to home plate earlier in game two. Um, that that could have been you know a crucial play had the Yankees not won. But you know for the most part he's a great he's a great defensive player and and obviously Geo flashed flashed the leather tonight or or last night. I mean and he's done it all season. He's done it ever since being a Yankee. These guys are just so good. You know it's so valuable, so valuable for a team contending to win a World Series <clears throat> to have guys like these two. Two-way players who make contact, who come through in the clutch, and who play defense for you. It's one thing to have a slugger who jacks home runs and strikes out 25-30% of the time and doesn't play great defense. You know, it's one thing to have somebody like Tyler Wade who can play great defense but brings nothing at the plate. But to have somebody who is so elite on both ends, that's a baseball player. That is a baseball player, okay? Call it a, call it a fucking cliche. But that's true. It is a base. That's a baseball player, and we have two of them. So this offseason, whenever the hell this whole thing ends, hand a fucking blank check with your name. Hand a blank check to Lemayhu. Hand a blank check to him. And hell, you know what? Extender Shella. I don't know what the hell his contract is, but none of these guys deserve to be leaving here. They need to be on this Yankees team, and they need to be getting paid because they deserve it more than anybody else on this team. They. They deserve it. That's not to say nobody else had a good game or series. Glaber Torres is, is he continues to hit well in the postseason. He's hitting well over 300 in the postseason in his early career. He was five for seven in these two games. That's seven 14. He also had two walks. So his on base was 800% or 800. He was good. Everybody was, you know, almost everybody was good. Defense made no errors. Lineup just looked great, though. The lineup was spectacular. They hit 307, 23 for 75. They had 15 walks, you know, 12 in that second game. Um, seven home runs, four in the first, three in the second. And then hit 286 in scoring position. Which, six for 21. Everybody, everybody offensively did their jobs. But I will say, and I'm not trying to nitpick here, and hear me out before you get all, you know, emotional or, or um, you know, fanboy on me. It is, it is it's eventually going to have to be time for, for Aaron Judge to be that guy. To be that alpha. Okay? He is your face of the organization. He is your franchise. Or at least that's what the Yankees and all of you guys say. All Yankee fans say this all the time. He's the face, right? He's got to do it. I understand he's set the tone this series. He's set the tone with that first inning homer in game one. But since then, he was 0 for 8 with 4Ks. He had two walks, but he was 0 for 8 with 4Ks. He's going to have to come through with hits a lot more. You think Reggie Jackson was trying to walk. You think all those great Yankees, those legendary Yankees went up there trying to walk and took fastballs down the plate all the time? 
they were out there and they mashed when they had the opportunity to mash something. And I know we all know Aaron Judge kind of got hit fucking fifty something homers. We need to see him set it. You know, not just we need to see him hit consistently. It needs to come in the postseason. The numbers are there in terms of the power, right? In his in his young career, but he's a two forty something postseason hitter with with a you know over forty percent K rate, which is just disgustingly awful. So, you know, he needs to start coming through. Against the Rays, we can't have him going one for nine. You know, every three games, two games. He's got to come through more. If he's your face, he's your guy in the organization, he's got to produce just as much as Urshela and LeMayu did, just as much as Torres did this series. He's got to start doing that. He's got to do it. He needs to be the alpha, the alpha guy. It can't just be about plate presence anymore. I'm tired of hearing about plate presence. It's got to be Aaron Judge making that impact with the bat. With the bat. Love the eye. Love the discipline. Love the fear factor he brings. Yes, yes, yes. But eventually, okay, and I would like for it to be starting on Monday, he's got to continue to hit the ball. Not just provide a nice little home run here, take the night off, take the next seven at-bats, eight at-bats, nine at-bats off. He's got to be the consistent guy who's just going to fucking do damage. Get on a hot streak. That would be great. He can do it. He can do it. We've got to see it. That's a nitpick right now. Um, you know, they won the series. The, the real, real issue right now, again, it displayed itself in game two more than it did anything else, anywhere else. The fucking pitching. The pitching. <laughs> Both the bullpen and the starting pitching. It's a problem. It could be a really big problem. The pen isn't as deep as it used to be. We know this. You know, Batances is no longer here. I was watching the Cardinals game last night, and um, Andrew Miller was pitching. <laughs> um, you know, Canley's hurt for the season, so we don't have anything. You know, we don't have these these you know four headed three three headed monsters that we used to call it. You know, there's that's no longer here. We've got Britain. And Chapman, and then everybody else, right? And even those two, when they're not on, can be a bit erratic. Everybody else isn't really top tier, in my opinion. The Yankees, sure as shit, don't trust Adam Adovino. Chad Green, I have a very up and down relationship personally with him. I just, that one fastball he just throws, occasionally will mix in that changeup more, but. He gets banged around sometimes. I don't. I don't trust him wholeheartedly. It's just it's it's Britain and Chapman and a bunch of secondary and third tier guys. Lasagna ain't no high leverage guy, and he had a pitch late in this one, in game two. Fuck, it's just not very trustworthy. So that's got to step it up. They got to fucking step it up. It can't just be one or two guys. And the starting rotation. Do you worry about Tanaka? I don't. I give him a pass. He's been so great. You know, in the eight postseason starts heading into last night, he had a 176. Okay. He won five of his eight decisions. I give him a pass. You know, the, the conditions were piss poor. Major League Baseball, again, did a terrible job of, of managing the threat of rain and fucking having Tanaka pitch again in the middle of a, of a fucking storm. Um... 
But, you know, outside of Cole, outside of Tanaka, I still don't trust this rotation. I get that Jay Happ had a good season. I don't trust him in the playoffs, in the ALDS. You know, if the Yankees would have won to Game 3 against the Indians, that would have been bad news. I, I don't see that ending well. Plus, there's always the bad taste that Happ left in my mouth when he just shit the bed in his only Yankee postseason start. Montgomery, I feel like he's just a number five at best. Number four, maybe. He pitched like that this year, like a number five. Wasn't great. Very up and down. Gets soft contact, but, you know, the longer he continues to pitch, I feel like the harder he'll get hit. And I feel like he's more suited for the bullpen, at least in the postseason. And Davey Garcia, he was spectacular in his rookie, you know, stint towards the end of the year here. Um... But to throw a 21-year-old, you know, kid out there in a big-ass postseason series and to be 100% confident, I know he has a good demeanor out there, but still, you know, that's no guarantee like a Cole or, you know, almost nice Tanaka in the postseason. I just, the rotation doesn't do it for me. And it's going to be scary because there are five games if it goes to all five, they're all going to be in a row. There are no off days in this American League Divisional Series. So you're going to have to pitch your entire rotation. Or if you don't, Garrett Cole is going to have to pitch on three days rest in Game 5. Do we get there? It's not going to be easy, guys. Not going to be easy. You know, I'm saying my, the best best case scenario for the Yankees, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, um, but I'm going to make a little small prediction here. The best case scenario in this next upcoming series against Tampa for the Yankees is that they win in five. I don't see them getting out of this in any any other way. I don't think they're going to win it in three or four. I think this shit, if they do win it, it's going to have to be in five. I think it's going to be a grind, a grind, if the Yankees play their best. It could get ugly. It could get ugly. But you know what? You're going to have to be the Yankees. You're going to have to be the goddamn fucking New York Yankees. The evil empire. Throw your balls on. Go out there. And show the Rays that they don't belong here. Even though they do. But show them, you know, that they're the fucking little small market overachievers. And you're the Yankees. You're the big market, big bad New York Yankees. So what it's going to have to be. They're going to have to have that mentality. But I'm telling you, this is this is the ALCS coming up. Okay, this is your ALCS, to be honest with you. Rays are going to be the toughest opponent the Yankees have faced and will face this postseason. If they can get by the Rays, I believe they can get that World Series run. They have a shot if they get by the Rays. They have a shot to at least make it. But it's not going to be easy. These two teams fucking hate each other. And we know this, right? There's a new little rivalry brewing. Already brewed here. They're kind of replacing Boston, right? That's no longer exciting. Yankees-Boston. It hasn't been for a while. But the Rays seem to be climbing up that. You know, of course I'm always going to hate Boston. But the Rays are climbing up there. They hate each other, man. Kevin Cash and his comments, you know, threatening the Yankee lineup. He's got a stable full of guys who throw triple digits. 
You know, the suspensions that have been handed out. They don't like each other. And they love not liking each other. They love to hate each other. So. Yeah, if they can get past the Rays, they've got a real legit shot. But they have to get past the Rays. Because I believe the Rays are the best, most well-rounded postseason team right now in baseball. They've got a squad. Snell, Glassnell, Morton. That's just three. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, Shit. It's going to be a very fun, very nerve-wracking series. Very fucking nerve-wracking. I can tell you right now, I'm not going to be any more calm than I was on... Um, what was it? Wednesday night. No. <laughs> no fucking way. That was fun, though. It was a hell of a night, man. One of the greater... Usually, I will go to the postseason games. Obviously, with COVID, we can't. But, you know, to, to have, you know, a little watch party and um, go through the range of emotions that we all did on Wednesday night, that was something special. That's fun. It's fun shit, man. Really fun. All right, guys. Let's take one more break, and we'll get to the NYY, NYK question of the day. Hey guys, really quick, I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, you can find me on social media, you can find the links to my podcast and my blog. So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, and there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys, thank you. Let's get back to the show. Who wins your MVP of the series? It's got to go to Geo. Geo. I know he didn't do much in game one, but just how, how important he was in that second game, fuck it. Geo Urshela. Against his former team, too. Remember that. The team that gave up on him. That's got to feel so good. That's got to feel so fucking good. If you're Giovanni Urshela. Oh man. He's awesome. Oh man. That was so fun man. That was so fun. If you guys follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or on my blog. Um, you've probably seen the video I posted. <laughs> um, where this was when Gio hit the Grand Slam earlier in the game. To bring the Yankees back from four to one to five to four, you know it was me. Um, I was recording it, but um, my cousin and a couple of my brothers just fucking going nuts. So we had sound effects hooked up to the speaker in the garage where we were watching the game. We had the crowd noise playing, so it felt like we were there. It were very stupid. And then every time something good happened, we play like, you know, one of the reward sound effects, the rewarding sound effects that they'll play, you know. Strikeout, we'll play the PC Richard shit. Or, um, you know, we'll do one of those uh, chants if, if the Yankees score a run. You know? and, and, and it was really fucking hilarious. We had a good time with it. All right. Question of the day. The NYY NYK question of the day. Let's get to it.
All right. So last time out in episode 160, kind of a fun question. Didn't have a question to really ask. So I just bullshitted one out there um, saying, do you think the Yankees will win the World Series this year? Uh, that was our question for 160. Do you think the Yankees will win the World Series this year? Uh, but, <laughs> you know, you didn't have to answer that. But for episode 161 of the podcast, tonight's NYYNYK question of the day. This episode's question. Speaking of the postseason and guys getting hits, our question is, how many career postseason hits did Derek Jeter pile up? All right, how many career postseason hits did Derek Jeter have? So let me know the answer on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Not on Twitter much nowadays, so preferably Instagram or Facebook. You can either message me the answer or comment the answer on the podcast once I publish it. Um, Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Really, thank you so much. This is episode 161. I'm your host, Rob Carbone, of the podcast BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, gonna go to bed. It is late. I'm gonna watch some Halloween. Michael Myers is fucking back. It's October, and it's my favorite time of the year. And I'm gonna go watch that and go to bed. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Rob Carbone, with episode 161, once again, of the podcast, BD4. And, um, yeah, thank you so much, guys. And hopefully, hopefully... The next time we're recording a podcast, we fucking talk about a Yankees victory. A series victory over the Rays. Hopefully that's what we're talking about. We'll see. See you next time, guys. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.